You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Locked On Wolves is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK yet. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy start of a new week. And uh, really, the I mean, officially now, the home stretch. Two days, two shows, I guess three shows, including Wednesday's preview show before the season kicks off for real Wednesday night. Um, today, what I want to do on the show is really kind of put a bow on the preseason. The key takeaways overall, we'll start with the the game on Thursday. We didn't do a post-game pod, so I want to hit a couple of quick notes from, from watching the game back from Thursday night against Brooklyn. But then I want to spend most of the show talking about overall preseason takeaways. What did we find out over the course of this th- three and one stretch, mostly an impressive stretch by the Wolves uh, that, that we can take, we can hang our hat on, we think, as we head into the regular season which kicks off, of course, this Wednesday against Houston. And then we'll close the show with a couple of notable roster moves from around the league. The Wolves also made a signing and a waving, I guess, since the last time we had a show last week. Uh, they signed someone and waved him, and that was Vince Edwards, uh, who's been on a, a several G League teams, a couple different NBA rosters, and, and I want to touch on um, him as an addition, and, and uh, you know, he's almost certainly going to end up with the Owl Wolves of the G League here moving forward. So a couple of those types of things here at the end of the show from uh, from Edwards to former Timberwolves, uh, Timberwolf movement from around the league. And that'll be how we close out the show today. The rest of this week, um, Tuesday, I want to do some predictions. I want to do uh, over-under predictions, you know, key ones from around the league as well as my Wolves prediction in terms of win total this year, where I think they'll finish. And then I also want to kind of loop in some of the other, the 538 projection, some of those things, the actual model projections that are around the internet um, and and what they're all saying about the Timberwolves. So we'll hit all that Tuesday. Then Wednesday, I want to do a little bit of a preview for Wolves Rockets Wednesday night. Houston's going to be an interesting team. Um, almost certainly will be the worst team in the Western Conference, but some interesting pieces on the Rockets roster. So I want to talk about that on Wednesday's show. Um, and then of course, Thursday will be a post-game pod after the show Wednesday. It's a busy week. Uh, the Wolves play Wednesday and Saturday, so there's plenty to talk about. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into some high points uh, quickly from the game last week against Brooklyn. I think the biggest thing is uh, is that the Wolves are starting to look a little more comfortable offensively. Obviously, this was a game that they lost. They they you know actually got down double digits early in the first quarter, um, but late in the first quarter and, you know, middle stages of the game, mostly look comfortable offensively. They did a ton of stuff through Carl Anthony Towns. Malik Beasley didn't start, but ended up uh, tying for the third most minutes on the team in this game. And, and, and he became a little bit more of the offense. Anthony Edwards was ultra aggressive early, but I think for the most part, it's just that um, transition offense was great. Uh, a couple of really impressive plays in transition, a handful of them, really. Uh, the half-court offense, initial actions were really good. There was some, um, it, it, there's still a little bit of a, and this is, again, preseason. We're going to see this for the next few weeks, no doubt. Hopefully not too much of it, but, you know, initial actions are good and then the ball kind of gets stagnant. And a lot of that's, you know, Anthony Edwards tends to hold the ball and 
it's fine because a good chunk of the time he does something outstanding with it. Uh, but, but he can be a ball stopper on the perimeter. And I think he's still kind of trying to, you know, he wasn't as aggressive early in the preseason. He even said as much in the media that basically, Hey, he was going to find his shot no matter what he was going to find a way to, you know, to score, to get himself rolling. So, and I think that that's important, obviously. I mean, Towns and Edwards are going to carry the Timberwolves offense and, and D'Angelo Russell to a lesser extent, um, but it can be, you know, if Edwards is having an off night, it, it can be detrimental to the team if he becomes that ball stopper instead of an active participant and as a ball handler in the pick and roll um, or as a cutter, you know, cutting for Russell and, and Towns to find him or spotting up if Towns is getting doubled in the post, which we saw a little bit of as well. Um, so, uh, you know, not Edwards best game. He obviously still ended up scoring. I think he had 23 in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 23 ended up shooting nine at 22. It was a, it was a solid performance, all things considered, but early in the game, it was another example of, of Ant just trying to find himself. And that's what preseason's for. So this isn't, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a necessarily a bad thing. It's just an observation from the game is it's an area, uh, that the ball stopping and not just him. Um, there's several players in the wolves that can be guilty of that. And again, the wolves as a whole are trying to find their offense. So that was one of my key takeaways. Um, the, the outside shooting again, not great. They were 11 of 44 from deep. Uh, we knew that. And, um, the defense continues to be, I, I think, and this, this I'll talk more about this in a moment here in terms of the overall preseason takeaways that the Timberwolves defense is, uh, I mean, the scheme is one thing, and that's one of the things I'll talk about next segment, uh, which has changed and and is different now, and and um, and seems so far again through four preseason games to be more effective and and even more modernized, uh, and also tailored to their personnel. But the activity level, and I talked about this, I think it was after the first preseason game, especially the first two, but the first one was the most notable against uh, the Pelicans a couple of weeks ago is the, the activity level on defense. And this was, you know, no Josh Kogi in this game. Uh, Kogi and Patrick Beverly didn't play uh, the, the last preseason game against the Clippers early last week. Um, and those are arguably the two most active defenders. But the overall activity level of guys flying around, contesting shots, Xing out on the perimeter to contest jumpers, um, you know, helping the helper and, um, you know, rotate the rotations being crisp, crashing the boards, getting out in transition, all those things. And we've heard the Timberwolves talk about this in the preseason. Uh, new defensive coordinator, Elston Turner, new assistant coach, Elston Turner. Uh, he's been quoted as talking about how, you know, he's, he's been telling the guys like, Hey, when you sniff a bucket, you get out in transition offensively. Cause you think you're going to get a dunk or an open three in transition, but we should play the same way defensively. We should, we should be able to sniff out, you know, a block or get a steal in transition. We should be running with that same intensity because what leads to transition buckets on the other end, almost always it's, it stops on defense, right? I mean, yeah, teams can run after makes and the Timberwolves do that. Uh, and they, and they should, but the most effective way to to get transition offense started is by clearing the off- the defensive glass. And you do that by, of course, getting a stop. And so Turner's point is, hey, if we give up an easy bucket to the other team in transition, we're not going to get out and run successfully on our end either. And not to mention you're just, you know, you're canceling each other out, right? I mean, uh, you know, unless you're going three for two every single time, which isn't going to happen. If you allow an easy transition bucket, you're not allowing yourself a chance to win. And you're also not going to get yourself easy transition baskets either. Um, and so I think the overall activity level, the energy level, and it's easy for that to wane, obviously, um, over the course of a season. And, um, hopefully it doesn't wane from preseason to regular season. If anything, it should be ramped up once we get to Wednesday. Um, but that energy level is something we're going to have to keep an eye on because that's a huge part of the battle. And I've talked about this on the show for the last couple of years 
is defense in the NBA is so much about effort. These guys are all great athletes. They're all, you know, they've all got the size to be successful by and large. Um, and the schemes are mostly good, right? It's effort more than anything else, both under the defensive glass and in the half court and transition defense, really defense in general, a huge part of the battle is defense. And, and obviously there's skill and there's players that have better anticipation skills than others. They see the floor better than others. Um, and, and that's why you got guys like Patrick Beverly, Josh Kogi. you have guys with great tools and, and size like Jade McDaniels to help shore up the defense. But now it's the activity level and it's the consistency that we're going to need to see out of the Wolves. And for the most part, we saw that in preseason defensively. I mean, I mean, the Nets obviously called off the dog. It was preseason, right? So like we're talking about what Kevin Durant played, I guess he played 32 minutes. Um, James Harden played 31, but this wasn't, you know, this wasn't uh, Nets Timberwolves regular season version, obviously. Um, but the Wolves did a pretty good job on the Nets defensively outside of, you know, a couple of runs in the first half, especially, uh, you know, and, and across the preseason, the Timberwolves did did pretty well defensively. Uh, they only they only gave up 100 points to the Clippers early last week. Um, and, and again, it's it's about the activity level and the effort more than anything else at this stage. Uh, and I'll talk about the scheme here in a second. So um, we'll get into that. Uh, next up here, I want to talk about key overall takeaways from the preseason as a whole. First, though, let's talk about some new friends that we have, and those are our friends over at Prize Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Any user that deposits and uses the promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's promo code NBA. Again, a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code NBA. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. For instance, you can take the over on, say, LeBron combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use that promo code NBA or go to the app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's also talk about DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and maybe you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff, whatever that is to you. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part is that there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Uh, oh, and, and as we get into the to the the overall preseason recap, a reminder um, that, uh, well, I guess, first of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, free and available on all platforms. For your second listen today, you can get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the ultimate insider NBA season preview, the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and, and this is, uh, you know, of course, part of the Lockdown 
NBA network. We did something for Odyssey last week where we had um, kind of basically each team, you know, five to six team groupings broken out throughout the network. Um, and uh, yours truly and the Timberwolves were in the, uh, the uh, on the rise category. So that posted, I believe, on Friday on Odyssey. And so that was yours truly, along with the hosts from Lockdown Grizzlies, Pelicans, uh, Hornets, Raptors, and Kings uh, were, were the six teams representing the On The Rise group. So go ahead and give that a listen. It was a ton of fun to talk with those guys, answered a few questions about uh, you know wh- wh- how we think the season will shake out, which of the other teams on the rise in the On The Rise group would we be afraid to play, which of the teams not in that group would we like to play in the playoffs. Really great conversation. So go check that out on Odyssey. Um, and again, I think that was on Friday that it posted. So anyway, all right, uh, let's get into the overall preseason takeaways. And I'm just going to hit a few of these. Some of them are, are quicker than others and um, are just kind of consistent threads that I, I took away from the preseason and the Wolves 3-1 and record throughout preseason play. Um, number one is the starting lineup. And this has been a big discussion. I spent quite a bit of time on it before the preseason. And all offseason, I've been talking about how I thought the starting lineup should be, and I thought it probably would be, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, it seems more and more likely that that Beasley's not in the starting lineup. I'm sure he'll start at some point this year, you know, a game or two, but maybe not hardly at all in the starting lineup, not in any of the, the top two or three lineups that Finch might use. Um, Chris Finch talked about this in the media over the weekend. I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he basically said, um, you know, we're going to use multiple combinations. We're going to we're going to work through matchups more than anything else. Basically, he said that Be- he's preparing Beasley for playing more with the reserves than the starting unit because of the higher usage players in the starting lineup. It makes tons of sense. Um, I, I talked about this with Josh Lloyd in Lockdown NBA, or I guess it was maybe on Lockdown Fantasy a couple of weeks ago, uh, probably three weeks ago now. He thought Beasley should come off the bench for that very reason, that the Wolves have plenty of high usage guys in Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. Um, D'Angelo Russell in the starting lineup. But my thinking was that the Wolves needed that additional shooting in the starting lineup and that it made more sense to have Jaden McDaniels come off the bench, uh, you know, depending on matchups. But it really sounds like Beasley's going to come off the bench. Um, and Finch also made the point that basically your closing lineup isn't usually your same as your starting lineup anyway. And so does that really matter? The Wolves played four preseason games. They used a different lineup at each game. It was partly due to injury slash rest. D'Angelo Russell played the first two games, sat the last two games. Um, Patrick Beverly started the fourth game, but he sat out the third game. Josh Okogi started the first game and missed the last two with the, with a mild injury. Uh, but we saw a variety of different combinations. My guess for opening night starting lineup is D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns with uh, Josh Okogi and Torian Prince, kind of the first couple guys off the bench, Patrick Beverly as well. Um, we could see some versions of the starting lineup where Beverly starts with D'Angelo Russell. I wouldn't take that off the table. I think we'll probably see a Kogi in the starting lineup at some point this year. We may see Torian Prince in the starting lineup at some point this year. We may see Vanderbilt at the four, McDaniels at the three. I think that's what we'll mostly see. Um, but there could be some combinations there where where McDaniels starts at the four or, or Vanderbilt starts at the four and maybe Prince is at the three or, or something like that. Um, and I think it's somewhat refreshing. It's it's not exactly the same as baseball teams going away from a traditional closer, but because there's some value in everybody knowing their role, I, I think, um, and it depends on your personnel and, and there's obviously other factors, but I think for the Wolves, um, this makes sense, right? I mean, earn your role. Uh, you know, this is the role you're expected to have, but it could change a little bit each night, but you know, the better you play, the more minutes you're going to earn and Finch is going to continue to tweak lineup combinations. Um, and right now the Wolves need guys who are going to compete defensively and going to rebound um, and, and Beasley coming off the 
the bench makes some sense in terms of a high usage guy who can who can get hot and score in a hurry. Uh, so that's what we're going to see at the start of the year. I don't know that we know more now. I think what we've learned basically is that there isn't going to be a set starting five. There's going to be a a group of guys that Finch pulls from to assemble a starting lineup based on matchups. But again, the concept of like, oh, this is your starting five in the NBA is a little bit silly because, you know, there's token. Think back to this is, this is uh, why it's not off topic. It's just kind of out there. But back in 2003, 2004, Irvin Johnson started for the Timberwolves team that went to the finals for a good chunk of the year, but he was never on the floor, you know, late in games. He basically played like five minutes at the start of the first quarter and five minutes at the start of the second quarter, six minutes. And that was his game, basically, unless you were playing Shaq and you needed more seven footers to play hack a Shaq with. He was like a token starter, uh, you know, set the tone, that whole thing. Um, it's more about who closes than who starts the game. And perhaps that's Beasley on some nights that's closing the game, but it doesn't seem like he's very often going to be in the starting lineup. Um, the second thing related to this is Torian Prince is going to be used as a Swiss army knife of sorts. I think that's even the term he used in an interview recently was that that's what he was expecting. He's going to play some four. He's going to play some three. He's going to guard multiple positions. The Wolves are going to use him, I think, primarily off the bench, but he's going to be a key player for this team. And I said back when they traded for him several weeks ago that I thought he would be, I thought in a vacuum, the Wolves got the, you know, they gave up the better player in Ricky Rubio, but that Prince was a better fit for the roster. I truly believe that now after seeing him play with this team in preseason and also the, the second shoe dropping there, of course, is Patrick Beverly now in the Wolves. If if Prince was gone and McLaughlin was the backup point guard and, or excuse me, if Rubio was gone, McLaughlin was the backup point guard or, you know, some other random veteran and the Wolves didn't get Beverly, I'd probably feel differently, but I'd rather have Beverly and Prince than Ricky Rubio and Jarrett Culver on this roster or Rubio, Culver and, and Wancho Hernan Gomez, I guess is more accurately. Um, so the Prince and Beverly combination is huge. Um, and, uh, and I think that uh, the, veteran leadership, the defensive know-how, the multi-positional, you know, the versatility defensively are all huge um, from that tandem. I, I also think we found out this preseason, we're going to see Anthony Edwards play the four a little bit. Uh, Finch talked about this at some point. I think it was maybe media day he re- referred to it, or maybe it was, I guess it was even earlier than that, perhaps in, in media availability in like August um, or some interview he did. And, uh, you know, especially now that he's apparently six foot six, uh, we saw that actually he played some four against the Nets. We saw it at times this preseason. I don't think it's going to be for long stretches, but for for periods of time in a game, depending on matchups, depending on foul situation, uh, we could see Edwards at the four a little bit, which is fun. We know Jade McDaniels is going to get the opportunity at, at the toughest defensive assignments, especially with the Kogi out the last two games. McDaniels was guarding everyone from, uh, you know, the Clippers uh, whoever was on the floor for the Clippers, you know, I don't even, I guess it was, uh, we did see some, some, uh, first line players for the Clippers, but it wasn't, it wasn't the Clippers, but we saw James Harden and, uh, Kevin Durant and, um, and McDaniels got his opportunity to guard both of them on Thursday in Brooklyn. Um, so that's going to be fun to see him continue to grow defensively. We also know in addition to, to the tweaking, the starting lineups, Finch is going to use both uh, multiple big as in Nas Reed plus Carl Anthony Towns starting lineups, um, or maybe it's really big lineups with McDaniels at the three Vanderbilt at the four Towns at the five, or even Nas Reed at the four, um, as well as two point guard lineups. We're going to see some Jordan McLaughlin, D'Angelo Russell. We're going to see some Jordan McLaughlin, Patrick Beverly. We're going to see Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell. And, and yeah, Beverly's maybe more naturally a two guard that plays off the ball offensively, but he's going to, and, and who also is going to guard higher usage wings, regardless of if they're a one, a two or a three. Um, but he is technically at this point, I would consider him the backup point guard, even if he's not going to necessarily assume those duties with the second unit all the time. Um, but we're going to see some, you know, a too small or a too big lineup pretty frequently, I think with Finch this year. 
And then uh, circling back to my defensive point in the first segment of the show, that the effort and the activity that the Wolves have played with this preseason, again, it's preseason, it's four games, you know, everybody's playing hard right now, hopefully. Um, it's It makes such a big difference. And if that can can somewhat, you know, stay, if that, if that could, level can stay somewhat high as we get into the regular season, this is going to be a fun year. Um, and the Timberwolves are going to be a, a decent, a decent team. I think I'm comfortable saying that right now. And it, that activity level, this, the, uh, the, uh, the work ethic, um, night in and night out is going to be such a big part of that. Um, and, and I don't think that can be said enough. Obviously I'm, I'm circling back to it for a reason. I think it's super important to note. Okay. Uh, last uh, thing I want to hit on here is some roster moves, Timberwolves roster move minor thing, and then also a couple of former Timberwolves roster moves around the league. We're going to get into all that here in the final segment of the show today. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our great friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I promise you that. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. There's tons of delicious flavors. Have anything with coconut, anything with uh, caramel, anything with any of the brownie flavors, really any flavor, and you won't be disappointed. You can get a mix box with two of each of the nine flavors, and uh, that would be, if you've never had a Built Bar, do that. Start there, and then from there, just pick your favorite flavors, and you're not going to be able to stop ordering them. I have one every single day, at least one, sometimes two. Um, not only do they taste delicious, they're also healthy. Of course, check out the macros in built bars. They all have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 per bar and only four to five grams of sugar, just four to five grams net carbs. All flavors taste amazing and they're all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Okay, uh, let's touch on this uh, somewhat minor Timberwolves move first. Uh, late last week, I think it was Friday, the Timberwolves announced that they signed Vince Edwards, a forward who's spent, uh, he played in two games actually with Houston a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was two years ago, but he's been in the G League with Houston. He's been in the G League with Oklahoma City. He had briefly signed a contract with Sacramento last season, um, and they signed him. Then the next day, waived him. Of course, there's uh, there were rules related to how many guys you can have on your training camp roster, and then uh, basically have as priority players for your G league teams. So the Wolves had four guys uh, that, that fit that bill. Um, and then Vince Edwards was signed after the preseason released the next day. So the Wolves now have the ability to offer him a $50,000 bonus. If he stays with the G league team in Iowa for 60 days. And Edwards is a guy who the G league numbers aren't fantastic, but if you go back and look at his college numbers at Purdue, he was a four-year player at Purdue, basically a four-year starter. Um, and he was there up through 2018. So he's been out of, he's been playing professionally now for, um, basically three years. And, uh, at Purdue, he shot for his career, 39% from three, 39.2%, including right around 40% each of his last three years. His senior season is 39.8%. Um, and, and that is the most attractive thing, his size and his three point shooting. He's six foot eight. Um, and he, uh, or yeah, sorry. He's six, six foot eight. And he has the ability to, I just, there's a typo on his G league stats page. I was going to say, I know he's not six foot three, uh, but he's six foot eight. And what has been fantastic uh, shooting the ball or was fantastic shooting the ball in college and has a seven foot wingspan, um, had the size and the shooting ability to be an NBA prospect. He was drafted 
and uh, was drafted, I think, officially by um, Sacramento, maybe, on draft night a couple of years ago. was His contract was purchased night of the draft, which was traded for by Houston, appeared in a couple of, of regular season games for them, played a season in Rio Grande Valley, which, of course, there's a connection there with uh, some of the scouts, the people that Gerson Rosas brought into the Wolves organization that no doubt was, were aware of him and, and were aware of the scouting of him when he was at Rio Grande Valley a couple of years ago. And then he spent the last couple of seasons with the Oklahoma City uh, Blue, the G League team for the Thunder. The G League numbers, again, aren't outstanding. He shot 34.5% from three in the G League after shooting basically 40% in college. And he doesn't have outstanding athleticism. It's more about his size, his wingspan, his general uh, scoring ability. Um, he's not great off the dribble. He should be a pretty good cutter. Um, and so the idea here is he's a big wing that can defend a little bit, can shoot threes, can be a decent cutter, um, and can just be a solid player. He, he's a depth type guy with maybe a little bit of upside. The athleticism, the limited athleticism limits that a little bit. Um, but the thought here is that he's probably a better shooter than he's shown at the G League so far. And, and it's a good depth play for the Timberwolves to have him down in Iowa um, and, and to be able to evaluate him there. Um, I should also say he's a pretty good rebounder too. Um, and he should be for his size, six, seven with the seven foot wingspan, but the rebounding numbers have always been solid for him as well. So that's, that's Vince Edwards. He'll be in, in uh, the G league with the Iowa wolves. And then the other Timberwolves related note is uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, had a couple of former Timberwolves lottery picks uh, vying for what was essentially the last roster spot on the Grizzlies. And it, pretty much came down to Jarrett Culver and Chris Dunn. Jarrett Culver made the team. Of course, Hernan Gomez had been flipped to Boston um, following his trade to Memphis in the Patrick Beverly deal. Memphis decided to waive Chris Dunn, who had signed a veteran's minimum contract, and keep Jarrett Culver. And Chris Dunn's now a free agent. He'll he'll certainly catch on with another team. I've talked on the show, I think it was last offseason, I advocated for the Wolves adding him um, back, obviously, way before Patrick Beverly, uh, back, I think, even before they traded for Ricky Rubio. Chris Dunn, is still one of the better defensive point guards in the league. He's had a lot of injury issues and, and the offensive game is still ugly for Dunn, but he's a, a depth guy, a great a great defensive point guard. Doesn't obviously fit the Timberwolves now, but he was waived by Memphis and they hung on to Jarrett Culver. I, I, I don't really know what else to say about that other than that there were a couple of recent Timberwolves top six picks in the draft who were who were fighting it out for a last roster spot. Now Dunn, I guess was like six years ago now. And it was a Tom Thibodeau pick of course. Um, and, and of course was traded in the, with Zach Levine in the deal that brought Jimmy Butler to Minnesota and Culver made the team in Memphis. I don't know that he's going to get any run for a team that, that believes they're going to be the seventh or eighth best team in the West. But Memphis is a team the Wolves are going to be fighting against, uh, you know, down the stretch of the season, more likely than not for positioning in the Western Conference. So that should be a ton of fun with a healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. Some of the tweaks they made to the roster, obviously John Morant, um, a little bit of a disappointing season last year, but Wolves Grizzlies is going to be a lot of fun this season. Um, and Jared Culver, who knows? He could be part of the rotation by the time the Wolves see the Grizzlies. Uh, so at any rate, Chris Dunn's back on the street as a free agent. Jarrett Culver makes the roster in Memphis. And uh, the Timberwolves have their roster set as well. And now also have Vince Edwards in the G League. Um, and, and of course, this another note from late last week. Of course, everybody that was a training camp signee was waived and will be asked back with the G League team, presumably. But uh, no surprises there. And uh, the Wolves have their, their 16 contracts, including the two two-ways, uh, McKinley Wright and Nathan Knight. And the 16th guy, or this I should say the, the 16th contract, 13 guaranteed contracts, two two-ways, and then Jalen Noel is a non-guaranteed contract, but I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon and should uh, continue to see, uh, you know, play a role kind of on the fringes of the rotation for the Wolves early this season. 
Okay. Uh, on Tuesday, what I want to do is I want to get into the, uh, the win total projections, some over-unders for the league. I think just some notable ones I want to hit on and then where I think the Wolves are going to finish. My official prediction to go on record that we can revisit and, and laugh at, hopefully not uh, too hard here as we get towards the end of the season um, eventually. But uh, that we'll do that Tuesday and then Wednesday we'll be all about Wolves Rockets and previewing that matchup uh, Wednesday night at Target Center. All right, that's all I have for today here on the show. Thanks once again for listening to Lockdown Wolves, and thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, the show is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube now. If you don't want to listen or watch on YouTube and you don't want to see my face, you can listen anywhere you like listening to podcasts. That includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's. CKEN going to start live tweeting games starting on Wednesday a little bit. Uh, maybe live tweeting is not the right phrase, but uh, be giving commentary throughout the game. And of course, post-game podcasts start back up. We'll almost always post the night of the game. So late Wednesday, we will have a podcast up and ready for your ears based on Wolves Rockets or all about Wolves Rockets, key takeaways from the game, studs and duds, all that good stuff, Wednesday night into Thursday. Um, so be sure that you're following and subscribed wherever your preferred platform is. And uh, we greatly appreciate it as well, of course. Um, and also a reminder that Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.